Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Woman in Conservation is holding a series of field day events this fall, and an upcoming event is being held at the Full Circle Community Farm in Seymour, Wisconsin, open to women interested in learning more about conservation practices and socialize with others. One of the field days is on August 3rd, and I'm here with the farm host, Val Dantoyne. So Val, tell me more about what the event is. The event itself is a chance for women who either are landowners or have an interest in even home landscaping to come together and talk among ourselves in a very comfortable social setting about what it looks like, how do you install conservation practices or even small bits of habitat like pollinator habitat in little small pieces that all add up to make a difference to habitat for wildlife and pollinators. So it's a really great chance to just visit Um, There is a formal schedule, but we encourage a lot of conversation. And in fact, there's going to be a bonfire afterwards for people who want to stay and socialize a little bit more. We'll be touring the farm and, and seeing about 10 different conservation practices. So what does conservation look like on your farm? Well, on our farm, which is 260 acres, and it's been in my husband's family for over 120 years, our keystone practice is managed grazing, and that covers most of the land that we have. And we'll talk more about managed grazing and even how you could do that on two acres of land if that's all you have. And basically, grazing keeps the land covered with perennial grasses and and forbs, and that keeps the land from eroding. And we'll also look at other conservation practices like our riparian buffers. So we have a little stream. I guess at this time of year, it's a little bit more of a ditch, but we put trees and other wildlife plantings like elderberry along that corridor. We keep the cattle out, so we'll take a look at that. We'll look at some tree planting and a little bit of biomass that we're planting that's also dual purpose with habitat for wildlife and travel corridors through the farm for wildlife. So those are just a couple of things. We also have hens out on pasture, so a thousand hens in a mobile chicken tractor. That's really kind of awesome to see. Get about 700 eggs a day. So just that in itself is kind of cool. And about 12 acres of organically managed vegetables. So those are fresh market vegetables. That That is actually my son and his partners are running that part of the operation. So we'll take a look at that as well. The edges of the farm have always had to have buffers on them because um, when we're an organic farm and where our land is adjacent to a neighbor's farm that's not organic, we've always had to have about 30-foot wide buffer strips between us and the neighbors. So if they did any spraying, it doesn't actually get into our field where the cattle might eat. And those buffers, we are starting to turn into pollinator habitat, which means a lot more wildflowers and and things that we really think are pleasing to look at. At least we like to look at them, but the pollinators love to be in there and using it as habitat. And then for our purposes on our farm, since we have vegetables as well, we want as much pollinator habitat as possible because they'll also pollinate our vegetables for us. And so it's just um, strips of area that formerly was strictly grassy, and now we're turning it into beautiful flowers for the pollinators. And we actually tried a couple different methods of turning grassy areas 
areas into habitat for the pollinators. So that'll be interesting to see the difference in how our methods work or in some cases did not work. You have a lot of different methods and a lot of things going on. Can you name maybe one or a few success stories that you have seen that you really appreciate? Well, we tried using plasticulture, which is laying a plastic sheet down over one of our pollinator strips as we were converting it from grass into this new type of habitat. And I think that was pretty successful because that is actually called solarization, where you use the plastic to kill out the grass plants or whatever it was growing there previously, that the heat of the sun kills them out. And then you uncover that area and you till it up, a very shallow tillage so you don't bring up weed seeds, and then you plant your pollinator seed, and that seems to have really taken off. It's pretty spectacular, actually. We have a lot of evening primrose in that particular patch. So you have a lot of things going on. Now, kind of why do you do it, and you know, why is this so important, putting these conservation practices into your own farm? Well, I did not grow up on a farm. I grew up in Green Bay, and when I came to conservation and the idea of habitat, I realized that farming covers so much of our landscape in Wisconsin that I really wanted to find ways to farm that were environmentally friendly. So it's one of the main mission statements on our farm is that that's the way we're going to farm sustainably and making space for things like frogs and foxes and finches and bumblebees. We want those things as part of our farm, and we're making room for them. And I think that's what women do on their farms, probably a little bit more than men. It it seems like men are, you know, bless their heart, more interested in bottom line, economics, making that farm pay its way, and kind of extracting as much as they can off the landscape. And I think women are a little bit more interested in letting things around the edges be a little bit more beautiful with a little bit more space towards other life forms. And I think that's just a big difference between the way men and women view the landscape. And I guess I really want to feed the world, but I want to feed the world without destroying it. That's actually the name of a book that I've been reading that really speaks to the idea of we have a responsibility. We're in the breadbasket of the world, one of the great breadbaskets. How do we how do we farm responsibly so that 150 years from now, my great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren perhaps, might be on the landscape and it's still productive and we haven't farmed out the soil. And when I look backwards 150 years ago, that's only how long ago Europeans came to this landscape and started farming here. And we've cleared the trees, we've drained the swamps, we've turned it into productive ag land, but now we have this ongoing responsibility to keep it not only productive agriculturally to feed people, but also we do have to make space for wildlife and other life. Otherwise, we'll destroy the ecosystems and the other support systems that really just support our our land and water in general. So now tell me more about how you are a mentor to other women who want to learn how to do more conservation on their operations. Well, this is a, a really neat mentorship program, Wisconsin Women in Conservation. So I'm real comfortable talking to any woman, I, you know, guys for that matter, too. I'm also a teacher, so 
besides my full-time farm job and when we were milking dairy cows and now we're doing about 100 head of beef cattle on the farm, I teach at a technical college in Green Bay. So I teach a sustainable ag program. And then as part of that, a natural teaching outgrowth where you don't have to take a class with me is to mentor especially other women on some of these best practices for putting conservation on their little pieces of farmland. So one of my students, for example, um, Patty, is doing, she's put 80 acres of her farm in conservation habitat. And that is just a really cool success story. And I can't say, you know, it has to do all with what she learned in classes or through mentoring. Uh, It was more her own mindset. But I'm happy to um, spread the word and like um, with a neighbor's land that we're renting now, helping her put buffers on her land so that maybe if we don't rent in the future, she still has those buffers and a place for wildlife and pollinators in her own backyard. So it's just a fun way to connect and be social with women. And I think women are more comfortable asking other women questions about farming. And we also have to be more aware of sort of our body mechanics and just that we don't always want to run the biggest piece of equipment there is in in the farm shop. Or we have to use women scale tools to make conservation work if we're going to be responsible for it and not our our male partners. So we just need to have techniques that will work for us and that we can manage and that we're understanding and we are comfortable using. So that's my goal is just from woman to woman, here's here's how I manage it, here's how I do it, what what will work for you. And that was Val Dantoyne, farm host of the Woman in Conservation event happening on August 3rd. There are more upcoming field day events that share more about conservation practices that women can attend, which can be found on the Woman in Conservation website, wiwic.org, under the Events tab. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Michelle Stangler.